Well, Kurt, we want to welcome Dwight Johnson to our radio broadcast this morning. Dwight, we've had you on the program before. Uh, to our listeners, Dwight is the manager of our client service center, and we're always glad to have you on. So thanks for thank, thank you, Jeff. So um, I know the answer to this, but our listening audience probably doesn't. So when did you first start your um, your time at Haven Arrest? I started back in uh, May of 1996. That is amazing. Okay. Yeah. So 96, yeah. so that means 23 going on 24 years. Is that correct? 23 years this year. Yeah, yeah. 23 years this year. So, Dwight, you know, just talk, walk us through when you started here in, in back in 96, a lot has happened. Uh, and also, uh, there was somebody working in the at the Harvest Home that kind of caught your eye. So why don't you talk a little bit about your work here? You started at Second Shift, is that correct? That's correct. So tell us a little bit about as, as did Reverend Kaiser. Yes, I in did. In case you're wondering, you guys worked together, didn't yes, you? Yes, we did. All right, and we still do work together, just in different areas. Yes, um, yeah, that's where the stories will end, though, in terms <laughs> of uh, um, we, we won't share like everything because I, I know that um, Second Shift uh, had a reputation. Those they like to you know have some. Have fun, a lot of laughs uh, during that second shift, and you never, you never think that they would expand now to the positions that they that they hold now <laughs> with that type of mentality. <laughs> okay, what was the question? Again? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just asking Dwight if he could kind of walk us through a little bit of you know you came in working second shift and kind of bring us up to where you're at today and some of the things that have happened in between. Sure. At that time, I was going to the University of Akron and was working on a social work degree. And it's kind of interesting how, how God worked. I was actually working in a group home out toward Ravenna, and I wanted to work closer to home, kind of living in the Stowe area. And um, so I heard the reputation of Haven Rest Ministries, and I just thought about applying there. I wasn't sure how I actually wasn't planning on a long-term uh, career there. So that's actually when I met you, Kurt. You had interviewed me. You were at the director of right. the men's division at the time. Right. And uh, so I remember interviewing as a process. So I actually worked part-time at that time because I was going to full-time right. college. Right. Mm-hmm. And then I graduated in 1999 from the University of Akron. And, With a uh, degree in? Social work. Social work. Yeah, degree in social work. And Is then, that an L-I-S-W? How, that, how, they don't do that anymore, do they? No, that's the master's level. I was an LSW, LSW. licensed okay. social worker. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that was a bachelor's level. And then uh, I graduated the fall, December of uh, 99, and then I came on days in 2000. And so that's when I actually got my social work license. didn't come through to March of, 2000, or of uh, 2000 and uh, was a full-time social worker. I think I was the first one, I think you the mission had hired or something well, or for the, well, for the men's, men's division. division. Yes, right. yes uh, women's division had social workers uh, prior to that. Uh, I remember when I received your application, I, I knew uh, several of your family members from uh, high school and made the connection because I didn't know you, but I made a connection that, um, you know, you were in that in that family. So um, and I thought, well, what I knew of your siblings, I thought reflected well, uh, you know, on you and uh, was excited that you were looking at social work because all of a sudden the idea then came, hey, possibly – you know, if you stay at the Haven of Rest, that we could have our first uh, social worker. Mm-hmm. And so um, I was, um, you know, I, w- I was hoping that would be the case. So um, you mentioned you worked second shift, and then you came on um, when you graduated to first shift. And uh, what, were, uh, what were some of the things you were doing uh, when you first came then as a, with a degree? Uh, when I first came as a degree, I was uh, 
primarily providing case management and really focused on helping the clients with uh, mental health okay. issues, mental illness, counseling needs, right. and connecting with the services. So just kind of really trying to get myself, network with the agencies. Uh, Myra, who, who Schneider used to work here and passed away, but she was very instrumental as a mm-hmm. social worker in the women's division, um, just helping me with that process. Got to kind of learn everything on, on hand here. Uh, had not got any previous internship um, doing that kind of kind of work actually had done that something opposite I was trying to do a foster care uh, internship um, prior to coming on days in 99 right, so I just that, yeah. wanted to see if kids were the really concern or working with adults and I really confirmed those adults was where was where my strength sure. was so that's sure. when I uh, made that commitment to to work with the men in our men's shelter and as a, just to throw in something here and as of uh, January of 2018 uh, you started uh, being the manager of the client service center in the Actually, division. Right? I think it was November of uh, 2017. Okay. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know, Kurt, a lot of benefits here that uh, the mission offers. Dwight, when you started here, you were a single man uh, going to college. That's correct. Uh, getting your social de- degree, and now you're married. Why don't you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that was a unique experience because um, – Tammy, my wife, had actually working uh, started here at the Harvest Home, the women's shelter, back in 1997. And she came here, and she actually had already finished her degree at Bluffton uh, College with a degree in psychology, and she had worked third shift. And I didn't know if she existed. And um, in 2000, there was an opening for a case manager position. A uh, lady former worked here, became a missionary, and so she came on days and got that position. And so, I, I, yes, as Reverend Kaiser said, I take an eye to her <laughs> and uh, noticed her in 2000. When the, she, oddly enough, wasn't really God's timing. We both came on days in 2000. And so um, I I'd kind of caught her eye. And also Eileen uh, Thomas, the uh, director of the Harvest Home, was actually, I think, had kind of set up as a matchmaker. She had asked Tammy to ask me questions. I'm thinking, I'm still <laughs> learning things here. So she would call me up. and <laughs> So kind of unique way. Kurt, so, did you know that? <laughs> no, but um, it doesn't surprise me. Learning things now. It doesn't surprise me. So now that you're married and you have all your uh, rough edges shaved off, uh, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, you know your experience as parents. Okay, we well we we uh, we've been uh, parents. We actually we're not anybody have children of our own, so we adopted. And so Tim and I decided that we wanted to really help a well an orphan. Really, we really want to have a child. So um, and a son. So we started the we wanted to do domestically. So we thought of the international route. Um, and so eventually uh, we we're going to go with China, but we didn't make the income qualifications. So we looked into Guatemala, and I thought that was a smaller amount of time. I took in some Spanish in in uh, high school, and so if we ever went there, it been wouldn't be too much mm-hmm. of a shock as far as language or. And the rest of this Distance. broadcast, you're going to speak in Spanish? No. Okay. <laughs> My Spanish is not too good. <laughs> so, anyways, we uh, started the process of November 2004, and then Noah was adopted. Our son was in uh, in Guatemala. Now, it's not his birth name, but uh, we changed his name. And so, um, he was born in April of 2005, and then we um, actually we went to pick him up in 2006, and there's some delays due to some paperwork issues, but... Uh, so he's eight months old when we, we adopted him and brought him home. And we'd stay there. It was about three or four days we were there in Guatemala City. Nice hotel. And, and then um, then we 
brought him home, and we got him within less than we got his adoption work in in uh, Youngstown because we were toward Mahoney County area. And then we took about a year. Then we got him his citizenship. So, so Noah's fourteen now. correct? Yes, he's fourteen years old. He's going to be a freshman this fall. So this year, you and your wife uh, wanted to do a little bit more research on Noah's history. Is that correct, or was it last year? Uh, a little bit last year, and Noah had started asking about getting some. Uh, doing his DNA results and seeing um, about family. We actually knew a, a brother was adopted and uh, in the documents that adopted into the U.S. Had no idea where his whereabouts were. And so we just knew he was out there but didn't know what the connections were. And so we actually started the uh, doing a DNA test April 10th. Here, here's how it got worked. His brother had, had submitted DNA work to the same website on April 5th. Wow. To com, and we found the results. We we're expecting six to eight weeks to get the results by May 3rd, and we, we got a match. His brother's picture of his brother showed up. They live out in California, and they're thinking how we can get this, you know, meeting him. But they started contacting us through email, and we were able to show pictures and just uh, share. It was just, just, it was an act of God. It's amazing. Just, yeah. just yeah. amazing, yeah. So we communicated, and now he knows he has a, his brother who he is. So we're, okay. And actually, we're going to have some. More exciting news here. We, um, they're actually coming in from California this year, and we're going to meet them uh, this weekend. Very uh, good. The weekend of July 27th. Yeah. And the oh. brother's just a little bit old, older than Noah, correct? Yeah, he's born in 2003. 2003. And Noah's born in 2005. So this so. will be the first time when they come in that Noah will actually get to meet his brother. Yeah. His wow, bro- that's just wonderful. Brother's 15 years old, Noah's 14, yeah. Wow. So, so yeah, first time meeting his brother and... The family's coming out, which was amazing. We thought we'd have to save some money up before we even go to California. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. It's, it's just, a big event. Yeah, it's a huge event. Yeah. yeah. It was pretty exciting. Yeah, a bit. Well, you know, Dwight, you, you've obviously been a blessing to the ministry uh, for all the years that you've been here. You've taken on some new responsibilities. You know, you, you mentioned to Kurt, 2017, you, you, you became the uh, manager of the Client Service Center. That's a big responsibility. And just as we talk about this, summertime is always still a very busy time, especially with the, the, the hotter temperatures. Kurt, I know you worked a, a week in here not yeah. too long ago where it was extremely hot. It was in the 90s. Uh, a lot of our guests uh, do not want to be out in that heat, so they'll come in and stay in the day room. So in saying that, Dwight, kind of what's what's been happening over there in regards to who are you working with? And what I mean by that is there's a lot of guys that come in. You work with the pretty much a specific group of men. Is that correct? Yeah, that's changed. As I took on the managerial roles, uh, what I want to do is more like focus on some leadership, but still do some of the case management part aspect as well. So that that is still part of the uh, job within the men's shelter. So I divided up that with between um, Keith Stongrass, who's a social worker who started in 2018, mm-hmm. uh, who was, did his internship here in 2017, and then uh, Lee McFerrin is case manager. So I, what I do focus on right now, instead of the mental health clients we've done for a long time, is I'm focusing on, on the men who need recovery dealing with substance abuse issues. Mm-hmm. So those ones. And that sometimes can happen, their mission prior to that time, sometimes it happens actually while they're here, and, and uh, they relapse on drugs or alcohol, and then we really find the, the real issues while they're here. I've also been doing some working with some men who are applying for Social Security, who find themselves they can function here, but they're not able to work again, and they're applying for that Social Security benefits. And then the work agreement as well. Those who are able to work have a, have shown verification of a job and saving their money here for housing. So those are primarily the three populations I deal with. So, so those with you said addiction, 
addiction, right. yes. Okay. And then also uh, those with uh, uh, trying to find, did you say housing? Or you, well, or are you those are physically disabled, right? They disability. can function okay. here, but they can't work. And they're really, yes. their okay. primary disability is, is physical reasons versus me- mental health or mental illness. And they're applying for social security. They realize this can't work again. So they're, they're applying for uh, either retirement or social security disability because they can't work. Okay. Um, and are you seeing, um, you know, we hear so much in the news, particularly the last couple of years, about, you know, methamphetamines mm-hmm. or um, what, what's the uh, other drug that's... Uh, opiates. Opiates. Opiates, yeah. yeah. And so um, I imagine you're seeing the same kinds of, of trends uh, for those coming in. Yeah, that and actually the opiates is probably the biggest uptick in addictions prior. Because when I first came here back in the 90s, it was, it was a, a crack cocaine. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it shifted over to the uh, opiates. It's been also marijuana as well, mm-hmm. but the methamphetamines is too has, has been has, and, it's a big one. And opiates are uh, connected with that fentanyl. Is that is that right? Um, usually, um, narcotic pain meds. Okay, like that. Can, right. That can, that can be a trigger for that. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Fentanyl is used sometimes inside of it, but that could be right. a factor. Yeah. That's right. a, and Dwight, your day obviously starts in the morning. There's so many activities that go on through your your work schedule. Why don't you just kind of briefly give us uh, kind of a quick run through through what happens in the men's day room throughout that first shift uh, first shift period? Sure. And and actually, we won't mention yeah. It's been getting busier with the hot weather too. So we have mm-hmm. typically in the mornings. I start at 7:30. The men are coming off from breakfast into the men's shelter from a mission building, and so they're starting the day getting their storage room open up for the getting their personal supplies for the day. Um, they have a sign-up sheet to see one of us, the case management staff, to kind of deal with their individual issues. And so we have uh, the other staff are dealing with, with Keith Snodgrass on mental health issues or work. Um, Lee McFerrin is our case manager, helps with the men who have a fixed income or disabled already and saving their money and work as well. So we kind of divvy up that up between them. So it's been a big uptick on lists and that kind of stuff. And then we have a chapel service and lunch uh, we kind of supervise that as well, um, and then we have a clothing giveaway at one o'clock. And so, in the midst of all that, there's different activities. We're seeing clients. We're taking care of their needs and and uh, meeting with them as well. Are you still te- teaching a class? Also, wasn't uh, called the Roots of Faith something? I had done that for a while through the resident program. Yeah. When I when I became the resident manager back in 2017, I kind of pulled away from that. But I that see. was a, yeah. I did taught the Old Testament for the resident class, but uh, with that big responsibility. That was take, that was yes. a big change. Yeah. One of the things I wanted to ask you um, is also you know you talking about the, the case management and your particular population you work with and um, you know, the importance of that here. Um, how, how do you how do you work um, you know, faith or um, you know a personal relationship with Christ, the gospel message? Uh, how, how do you how do you work that? Combine that in with case management because I know it's not all just case management for you. Also. No, and that and that's why we're here. Uh, ministry here is I think part of that is just looking at when men are in times of crisis, mm-hmm. providing a hope, and I think that part of that is sharing the gospel mm-hmm. that Jesus Christ came here and we have a sin nature where we need a savior to save us from our sins, and uh, so part of that is sometimes sharing the word of God. Um, not all the men are receptive to it. Sometimes there are. Um, so sometimes just kind of just slowly introducing it or just talking about it and see if what their interests are and a lot of times a lot of men are really receptive to that and it's been really great just talking to guys about that and um 
using the Bible as a way as a tool to kind of direct men to Christ, right. and, and just even maybe personal concerns they have too as well, and just hearing them out. So, mm-hmm. well, you know, Dwight, Kurt, we could probably talk for another twenty, thirty minutes here, but we're wrapping things up, coming to the end of the program here. Dwight, we always thank you for coming in and talking to us about all the things that are happening, ministry-wise, uh, in the day room. Kurt, we know there's a lot going on over there. Both me and you have experienced the day room over there mm-hmm. uh, through our years. And uh, it's a great opportunity to share hope, but it's all it can be difficult, too. So, Dwight, thank you for your ministry and your hard work and, and your dedication uh, and for being here this morning. Thanks, Reverend Kaiser. Appreciate your support.